Hey gang, it was a blue Christmas without you, but we have made it. The splendid Bohemians are back. Bill Mesnick in the beautiful, sunshiny state, should have been raining today, of California and Rich Buckland in Florida. We are back with another episode. What is the show, Bill? Put on a stack of 45s. Put on a stack of 45s. And you know what we do here? We take a 45 RPM of note and we deconstruct it. We underconstruct it. We, we simulate it. We bifocal it. We do so many things to remind you of the import of the grooves, what's contained in those grooves, and how, in some instances, it literally changed our lives. And we have yeah, a- And I would like to, and I would, you know, this thought has run through my head a couple of times, and I, I'm going to just verbalize it. I want people out there that are listening to let us know what your relationship is with vinyl. Do you still collect vinyl? Do you have records? Is this just a distant obscure memory that's a good question uh, are you more in touch with the songs or are you also in touch with the format that it originated upon that is a good question i don't know if we i don't know if that question has been posed upon the program no i've never but i've thought about it you know um we do this thing it's it we it's not a metaphor these are real i just bought a turntable maybe that's why I'm thinking about it. You're and, back and I'm enjoying and, yes. putting that needle down. Yep, yep. There's something about it, right? There's something mm, about it. You, yes. put, you put that, you drop that needle, and that label is spinning, and those grooves are moving, and this magic is taking place, and it does sound completely different than uh, digital material. Yes, you know, it's warmer. It's warmer. It does have a, it has more color and more depth to it quite often. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. know, if, have you put on one of your Jackie Gleason uh, instrumental albums yet? No, because I only have that in on 8-track. Ah, okay, okay. That will probably... But 8-track see. also, it, when it's in good shape, you know, magnetic tape is a glorious sound as well. Yeah, unfortunately, cassette tapes have not stood up to that. No, they're, they're, they're so... Thin and flimsy. Too, too thin, um, yes. The A-track is beefier. Right. And, of course, the uh, four-track reel-to-reel is even more, so. Yeah, but some, and, but it also depended upon the make of the the manufacturer of the reel-to-reel tape. I had noticed mm-hmm. there was a big difference between Scotch and other uh, brands of reel-to-reel tape. Some were very, very flimsy, very thin. They'd break very, very easily. But yeah, the 45, it's a, uh, it's a groove, man. It's a groove. And all you have to do is take just one look at that 45 RPM, and you're transported nice. into another world. That's all you need to do. And speaking... Well, 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 well segued. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Because our recording today is by an artist who was born Doris Elaine Higginson on January the 6th. It's my brother's birthday. 1937, and yes. uh, she has an interesting resume as she went on. She began her career working with the great Artie Rip, who formed Kamasutra Records uh, and worked with George Goldner and Morris Levy, the founders of End Records, Roulette Records, Gone Records, and, of course, the Redbird label, which gave us 
Chapel of Love, the Dixie Cups, and already reproduced just one look. Now, she was not always Doris Troy. You know how she changed her name? Um, yes, let me see. I, I have I have the story down here somewhere. She was discovered um, by James Brown when she was calling herself Doris Payne. And um, so, but I don't have why she picked Troy. Well, some suspect that it's... Uh, it was a religious connotation after Helen of Troy. Ah, okay. Yes, yes. So the record, just one look, on the Atlantic label, 1963, B-side was Bossa Nova Blues. wrote the song with a gentleman named Gregory Carroll. Yeah. And uh, the interesting, it, it has been covered uh, on three very successful occasions by Linda Ronstadt. That's the version that uh, I remember. I remember the original, but that was the one uh, in 1978 that was, you know, sort of coming out strong. But the one that I recall having, because the Hollies and the Moody Blues did this constantly, were Search yes. for Material by Black Artists. So the Hollies version of Just One Look stays with me more than Linda Ronstadt's version does. Just one look, that's all it took, yeah. Just one look, that's all it took, yeah. Just one look, and I felt so So maybe you'll send that to me. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great. That's a that, that's a great. I'll share it with everybody. That's a great take, and uh, Anne Murray covered it as well. So it's yes. been covered in by the British Invasion. It's been covered by country artists and blues singers, and, uh, it and has, people might recall that in 1991 it was huge because it was used as a Pepsi commercial with Cindy Crawford. Uh, Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl thing. Yes, yeah. yes. So it got a lot of uh, it got a lot of play. lot of lot of airplay, and uh, she had worked with Dee Dee Warwick and Dionne Warwick, the Sweet Inspirations, Sissy Houston. When you think of the when you hear Doris Troy, you think of those artists of the period, uh, right? And that's the thing; she was most known as a backup singer. Yes, yes. And she, she appears on The Stones, You Can't Always Get What You Want, and Carly Simon's You're So Vain. I mean, this was, you know, what, what do they call it, 10 feet from stardom? This is, uh, but she 25. actually did, 20, 25 feet yeah. far from stardom, and she actually made it with uh, just one look, but not over and over again. 
No, not over and over again. I mean, she she was able to find work. What's really disturbing is you can go to YouTube and you can find live cuts of so many different performers. And here's a performer that the only cut you find is her lip syncing just one look on where the action is, the Dick Clark program that aired in the afternoons uh, when you get home from school. It was time for where the action is in American Bandstand. And if you had uh, UHF, you could get uh, the John Zacherly program, Disco-Rama, coming out of uh, New Jersey. But uh, there's not a lot of live, uh, there's not a lot of live material of her performing. But interestingly, she was signed to Apple well, in she, 1969. She, the, the Beatles had the same mentality that Frank Zappa had. and bizarre records the Beatles of course were a little more uh, conventional in the artists that they chose kind of because they also released a little some wacky stuff on Apple that never did oh they discovered James Taylor that was probably their biggest uh, success yeah but they had a couple of George had a propensity for novelty records and there were oh sure there were a yeah. couple of things in there that were a little a little weird but that apple album is a is a treasure of uh of mixed grandeur and um it's one of those underrated albums that uh that just did not get the attention that say the well look the singer songwriter James Taylor element was already in its had been active for for a while but people were still getting accustomed to gaining an appreciation of vocalists like Doris Troy so uh unfortunately or for well you know a, a play was written about her and, uh, yeah, that, that was fascinating. I mean, did fifteen hundred performances. Mama, I want to sing. Yep, and played in the Heckscher Theater in Spanish Harlem. Fifteen hundred performances, and it was co-written with her sister Vi Higginson, who and, was and a, it had London. It had London uh, uh, showing, and Doris played her own mother, and Chaka Khan played her aunt. Yep. So you take a look at it was also released on DVD in uh, 2012. So she had these multiple opportunities, but uh, only one record of uh, of note that uh, th that got chart action. But I highly recommend the album Doris Troy sings Just One Look. And other memorable selections. That's the title. <laughs> the title is Doris Troy Sings Just One Look. It's on the Atlantic label. Stereo is as big as her name. 
And yes. at the bottom it says... Very modest. Very, very modest. modest, yes. Other memorable selections. So what's, what's fascinating as well is uh, the gentleman who recognized that he could turn that song into a hit, Mr. Artie Rip. And uh, as we say... Had good instincts. Artie had great instincts. The Rolling Stones said he was one of those New York hustlers who would do anything to get his foot in the door, much like Morris Levy and George Goldner and all of those brill-building cats who were looking to find their place, and they all came out of New York City. Doris was born in the Bronx, so there was immediate identity with these, uh, with these hustlers who were out there really trying to, you know, to, to score some hits. Um, and uh, Jerry Wexler was another who actually took her on at Atlantic. Yeah, and Wexler, of course, Wexler became legendary status for a variety of reasons. But in, in my estimation, Artie Rip is legendary because he one of the first recordings that Artie produced for the label Kama Sutra was a little ditty titled Nylon Stockings by Vince Edwards. Oh, Vince Edwards, yes. Now, Vince Edwards, for those who might forget, was played Dr. Ben Casey. Ben, ben Casey, yes, I remember. With one of the great elder actors, statesmen of the time. Ben, Sam Jaffe. Sam Jaffe, yes, Sam Jaffe. And that was one of my favorite shows. I, I loved the writing. And also... What was, uh, what was Sam Jaffe's character's name? I don't remember what his character's name was. He was, of course, Do- another doctor. Doctor... Oh, I have to look that up. But he... Uh, here, we'll, we'll play it right now. He does the opening, which, which, as a kid, stayed in my mind. Dig this. Man... Woman, earth, death, infinity. So, yes. And that was followed by Mr. Dyingly Sad by the Critters. You're so mystifyingly glad. I'm Mr. Dyingly Sad. Great record. Younger Girl. By the Critters, but that was on Cap Records. That was on Cap Records. And he also produced In the Night by Freddie Cannon. And he produced Jay and the Americans Come a Little Bit Closer and Let's Lock the Door and Throw Away the Key Now. Something else interesting about Mr. Rip is that he is well associated with Shadow Morton and is given credit as uh, a producer of Remember Walking in the Sand. Seems like the other day My baby went away He went away Across the sea By the Shangri-La. And we have Dr. Zorba. Dr. Zorba, thank you very... (laughs) 
this is, I'm sure it happens to everyone, but when it happens to those of us in our, in our 60s, myself in a week soon to be 70, you begin to think that it's a disease, that the, the name that used to be on the tip of your mind constantly now takes three minutes well, I'm actually, I'm actually, um, Dr. Zorba. you know, I feel pretty good at the fact that generally we, we can come up with these names pretty quick. Yes, I guess it's better than not coming up with them at all. And when you can't, there's Google. When you can't, there's Google. But then again, I do remember 30 some odd years ago, I was struggling to remember who played uh, Jerry Helper on the Dick Van Dyke show. Who played Jerry Helper? Uh, I remember him. I, I'm, I'm visualizing him right now. And I woke uh, up. Jerry in the, Paris. Jerry, Jerry Paris, Paris is correct See? for 15 points. I, I woke up in the middle of the night three weeks after asking myself the question, literally three o'clock in the morning, I remember. And the first thing that comes to my head is Jerry Paris. Now, that's someone obsessed with show business. Yeah, the but, but anyway, back to Doris. Uh, she left us in 2004 at the age of 67. Emphysema, baby. She was known as Mama Soul. Mama Soul. Mama Soul. And she was a, uh, she, she, had, she had quite a voice. And a, uh, and, and a way with a tune that um, unfortunately is not remembered with the uh, uh, vitality that it should be. But we are here to remind you, and let's, 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 let's drop the needle on this baby right now. That's our mission, baby. Doris Troy, just one look.
You see, you, and to be quite honest with you, when I put that, when I play that on 45 RPM, the sound is so much different. Not because you got a couple of crackles or because yet, but there is something distinctive. And of course, I haven't, I take care of my recordings. The grooves have not been worn, you know, to a... Uh, to Absolutely, a, you, are, you are so careful. I do not wear them out like tires. So, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a certain, it sounds the way I remember hearing it on uh, WMCA in the 60s, but with giant speakers. Because yeah, you, grow up, you grow up, you get bigger speakers. That's really the name of the game. You grow up, you get bigger speakers. So, Ms. Doris Troy, we thank you for just one look, and we thank you for a, uh, an extraordinary uh, contribution to American culture and to rhythm and blues and to the Beatles, who obviously could see the glory that you had uh, produced and lived within you. What can I tell you, Bill? They come and they go in the Grand Hotel, right? Just one look, baby. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, man. That's all it takes. Just so, one listen, too. And just one listen. So I want to remind you, everybody, everyone, that we're going to have more Captain Billy's coming up. And Captain the Captain, if you, if you take a look at Dig This right now at the website, the Captain goes deep into the uh, album Faithful by Mr. Todd Rundgren. Very uh, interesting uh, record. Yeah, it's a fascinating record. Lots of covers done splendidly. In the uh, in the Rundgren manner, just as one might or might not expect, it's it's it depends upon how much you know about Todd Rundgren. One day, one day we should get to Todd, but he took so much uh, umbrage at being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know if we want to honor umbrage? him here. He took umbrage. Oh, he didn't. He said, "If he says, please, the very when they did the piece on him being inducted, he was giving a commencement speech at a college, and he at the end of it he said, and please don't put me in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't want any part of that thing.' No kidding. Oh I, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> it was wonderful. And then of course, what do they do? They induct him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He wanted there. He believe me. He's not the only one. He's you know that he's not yeah, the Steve only. Steve Miller one. wasn't wasn't thrilled either. Yeah, but he went and he spent the money, didn't he? Well, Steve Miller went, but you're saying Todd Rundgren did not. No, no, no. Of course not. He nowhere near it. If nominated, I will not receive. That's exactly what he said. If nominated, I will not accept, nor will I be anywhere near the the venue. That's Good for him. Yeah. He stays in Hawaii. He doesn't want any part of the uh, of the applause as it's provided. Uh, it's 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 an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? Someone like Doris Troy, who worked so hard and was so deserving, and someone like Todd Rundgren. I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a sense of, and I'm going to be very honest with you. I think there's a sense that some rock celebrities have with entitlement, that this is what I do, and this is my art, and this is my craft, and please don't give, don't, please don't pronounce me as genius, or don't pronounce me as a, as a wizard. All I am is a musician. 
Joe pronounced me as a wizard, but he pronounced himself as a wizard. And a wizard, a true star. Isn't that interesting? Uh, fucking little hypocrite. Okay. But now that I've gotten that out. All right. Adios, my friend. Thank you for another stimulating time. And we'll, we'll reconvene soon, I hope. Oh, the stimulation doesn't end, Bill. There's, there's no end to the stimulation. There's no end to the stimulation. We'll be stimulating you soon with something uh, that I think you'll find very fascinating as well. And if we're not fascinating you, then we're not doing our job. Rich Buckland, Bill Mesnick, the splendid Bohemians. This has been put on a stack of 45s. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye.